0: Hello, and welcome to Preparing Foster Youth for Adulting, the podcast designed to highlight strategies and resources that help youth in care transition to adulthood successfully. Our guest today is Donna Sapitalov Skora. Donna is the founder of Surrogate Grandparents USA, a Facebook based organization that serves in North Central Florida as well as nationally. Welcome, Donna, to our podcast series. How are you doing today down in Florida?
1: I am doing very fine and well. Thank you, Lynn. How are you?
0: I am also doing well. Thank you. I'm a little jealous of you being in Florida. We had (laughs) snow this morning.
1: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
0: (laughs) And I love snow if I can look at it. I don't like to
1: drive in it. (laughs) I like looking at it too. On a picture. (laughs) On a
0: picture, far away. Far away. (laughs) Awesome. Well, let me start this conversation by asking if you could please share a little bit about yourself and your background and what was the journey that you took that brought you to founding Surrogate Grandparents USA?
1: I'd be happy to. I've been a paralegal legal assistant for the last 30 years, retired two years ago. I've uh, been married to the same wonderful man for 50 years. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary. Oh, congrats. We have two adult children. They both live here in Florida. And back in 2014, I became astra- we became estranged from our son when our grandson was born, not by our choice. And unfortunately, there was no way to resolve things for some reason. So I needed to do something That would turn negatives into positives, not only for us, but for others. I just felt the need to do something. So I started the group Surrogate Grandparents USA as an alienated grandparent to help turn others' negatives into positives. And from that point on, Asia has grown like wildfire throughout the United States.
0: So what gave you this particular idea to start this organization? And did it start as an organization or was it just a community somewhere? What was that journey like?
1: I was looking for something, you know, to turn my negative into a positive. And I started baby cuddling for a while at our local Florida women's hospital. And I just felt like I was not getting enough of a fix being with children. And I was looking for something that might help be able to get me more involved with children or or possibly stand in as grandparents for somebody's children. And so I joined a group that was in the UK called Surrogate Grandparents. And I realized after doing some research, the United States really didn't have any such program. And I thought, well, you know, I could do this. And that's what I did. I started the group.
0: Is it a branch of the UK organization or is its
1: own thing? We basically are partnered with each other, but it's not a branch. Got it's it. my own group just for the United States. Okay. The surrogate grandparents group is for the UK. There was another surrogate grandparent group that started after mine called Surrogate Grandparents Canada. And I think one other, I'm just not sure where, but I created my group to cover the entire United States. I think big.
0: Okay. And did you think from the beginning, this is going to be a nonprofit or were you thinking, I'll just put a community on Facebook or how did that start out?
1: It's not a nonprofit. It's strictly a community on Facebook. And oh, okay. when I first started it, I didn't expect it to grow the way it has. As of June of 2015, I started January. I only had 30 members. It has just been growing like wildfire. But I found myself going to every single state on Facebook I could find and put ads for the Facebook group with journalists, TV stations, newspapers. <laughs> And it just, it kind of like took off.
0: And are you feeling like this is satisfying that desire that you had to somehow step in and be with kids more? Because this is more of an adult-focused thing, right?
1: Well, it is. And we also have attempted to find our connection, a successful loving connection. We really haven't yet, but I haven't focused on it as much as I would have liked to because the group keeps me busy. I would imagine. (laughs) So yeah, we are still looking for our successful connection. But I just see that there's so many endless opportunities and possibilities with the group that it just has so many things going where I can really expand it to be even bigger than what it really is, what it started out to be.
0: When did you start this?
1: In January of 2015. And we're up to almost 10,000 members nationwide. Whoa. (laughs)
0: That's great.
1: It's wonderful.
0: (laughs) And what is it that you are striving to accomplish for the people who are participating?
1: The group started out as a place for grandparents who are missing grandchildren in their lives can reach out to and connect with families whose children are missing grandparents in their lives for a possible lifetime of love. As the group has grown, I have seen it grow into where people are looking for surrogate Not only surrogate grandparents, surrogate parents for themselves, surrogate aunts, surrogate uncles, surrogate cousins, surrogate siblings, and creating their own little family community. So it's expanded even beyond just surrogate grandparents having surrogate grandchildren. That's
0: fantastic. It (laughs) hadn't crossed my mind that there would be people who, you know, I'm an only child. I've never had a sister I've never mm-hmm. had a brother and mm-hmm. yeah, I've got friends, but I'd like to go into that relationship with this in mind.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think if you go into these connections without any real expectations, they do grow into something loving and wonderful. There, we have a number of success stories that have posted on the page.
0: Yeah, that's okay. So that, before we get to success yes. stories, let me ask how that mm-hmm. works. Because Facebook is really a feed of people Mm -hmm. posting and replying, primarily.
1: (laughs) So how (laughs) does that work? So people join the group, and they're looking for a connection, say, in the state that they live. It's a young couple with a couple of kids, and they have no grandparents for their children. So they join the group, and we offer lists of grandparents-seeking connections and lists of family-seeking connections, two separate lists, and they're updated in real time. So people are on each of the list. And then we also offer on the page an album for each state. So somebody can post their introduction on that state in that album. And as well, they can also post the same introduction on our group page. So there's several different ways that they can reach out and connect with others. And then when they see somebody on the page or on the list that they want to connect with, what they need to do. They find that person's page on Facebook through the group by searching the members, or if they see them post something and they can click on their profile, there should be a little message button and they can send them a message. And they send a message going, "I'm reaching out to you as a potential connection for you know my children. I live in such and such an area, which is like near you. Can we see if we can make this a connection? And at the same time, because you know when you send a message to somebody on Facebook that. You are not connected with as a friend, that message goes into something called a message request folder. And you have to open that up once you open your messages to see if there's any messages in there. And the message request will be what comes from the person trying to connect with you. Oh, okay. So when you're going to, you have to post something on the page also saying, tagging their name and saying, I've sent you a personal message as a possible connection. That way they'll be notified that. Somebody is sending them a message as a possible connection. And then from that point on, it's just between them getting together and connecting with each other and getting to know each other.
0: So really it's a matter of learning how to get around Facebook and to use the
1: resources that you have. And then once they get over that little learning curve, then And it's actually pretty simple. We, you Mm -hmm. know, we try to offer as much help as possible, explaining it and And then, of course, they can email us and ask any questions they have. And we try to walk them through it. Mm -hmm. I just can't introduce anybody as a potential connection because then we get into liability issues.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, I see. If you were to become a nonprofit, then you'd Mm -hmm. have to start thinking about background checks and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I do not have the resources or the funds available for it. We do suggest background checks. We don't try to keep people from having, but it's like, please, by all means, you can go to your local law enforcement agency and for like $25, have a background check done on somebody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so it's between the people. It's strictly the resource for them to find each other. And that from that point on, they're the ones that create the connection.
0: So there's a little bit of a, you know, quote unquote, buyer's beware. Uh, Definitely. So people, you know, be careful mm-hmm. when yep. you're meeting yep. somebody Yep. in this world of online profiles, mm-hmm. you know, people might not be what they're putting out there. So yeah. just be very, very careful.
1: And then also with background checks, they're not always foolproof because unless the person has been charged with something or arrested for something, it won't show up on their background check. Yeah. So yeah. you don't know.
0: <laughs> it's probably you know, similar to when you're selling something right on Facebook marketplace, meet in a public place, right? Definitely. You know, just, especially maybe for the first
1: few times and take it slow. Yeah. Take it slow. Get to know each other via message, work up to that meeting. Yeah. but Just you know, tread cautiously. And if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Okay. I understand why you have the model that you have now. Now, Do you see any trends in the, I want to say type or maybe situations that people are in where they're looking for connections?
1: Well, I have seen, in fact, I was going through the page earlier and I see a number of people over the past couple of years that have joined. They claim, or they say that they grew up in the foster care system and and they're missing family members. It's just an awesome thing to see them come on and and explain what they're looking for, and what they've been without, what they're missing, and then people come back and make comments, and it's all positive, upbeat comments, because I don't allow drama on the page at all. None. That's good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we'll talk about that, because of course, our audience is all about Mm -hmm. supporting young people aging out of foster care, and I see this as being an opportunity for them, but there may be other situations too. I mean, you've got well, your situation, like you said, you were estranged. And mm-hmm. so there may be grandparents right. in that situation, or maybe families that are estranged
1: mm-hmm.
0: by their own parents or grandparents. Right. So I can certainly see that as being a group. Only children, maybe grandparents with who never had grandkids, right? And then they wanted definitely,
1: that. Definitely, definitely. Now, you know, like what I was thinking, you know, like a really great opportunity for a foster person coming on is, Meeting up or getting connected with someone who turns out to be like a mentor at first, who maybe is like a parent figure. And then that relationship grows into their parents. So it's like a surrogate parent. And then the fosters, they end up meeting somebody, they get married, and then their children become grandchildren to the people they've connected with for a possible lifetime of love. It's a win-win situation for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: Absolutely. Absolutely what's the criteria to be considered a grandparent? (laughs) Ah.
1: (laughs) Well, I really can't say age. I think if you're of the age where you can be a grandparent, where you have some wisdom you can impart on the people, a history of yourself, basically that's what grandparents are. It's just it's an extension of the family and it's the history of the family and where that family came from. I mean, I know as a youth aging out of foster, they don't have that sense of family. They don't have that blood relationship. But it's possible to create your own family, choosing mm-hmm. your own Absolutely. family. because Yeah, the chosen us,
0: family is a common phrase yeah. in the foster care system.
1: And all of us as humans have the capability of loving more Than just one person. That's why some families grow to be really big. (laughs) There's a lot of love out there that people are looking to give.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking if we were to talk age, I know there's not a minimum, but I'm thinking fifty-ish plus, fifty-ish,
1: maybe even forty-five-ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how old are grandparents when they're usually grandparents for the first time? But
0: this day and age, they're getting older because people are having
1: kids later. Definitely.
0: I think the experience of great grandparents and heaven's great great grandparents is going to be a thing of the past if that trend continues.
1: It is a very sad trend that there is so much estrangement going on. And then the fact that there's so many youth aging out of foster with no family. It's just it's a combination of that's something that's going to make our future a little bleak, more bleak, because We won't have those family connections anymore.
0: And yeah, young people are not having kids as often. And And that's not quite the right word. They're not having kids. They're not having kids. The rate of having children is decreasing. Definitely. So then you're not going to have grandchildren even Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. So that traditional family of generations is... It's going to become more and more rare.
1: Yeah. We have members who gave birth to children who aren't having any children. We have members who never had children and they're in an age of being a grandparent where they really want to, you know, because you look forward to the, it's the young, the children that make you feel young, Mm -hmm. even though they tire you out, but no, they make you feel young.
0: I will admit I do not have children of my Mm -hmm. own by choice.
1: Mm -hmm. Why I chose
0: that is, and I'm 56, so, you know, generationally speaking, Mm -hmm. you know where I sit. Why I chose that is because partly is because I was in foster care and, you know, my family situation wasn't great. Gotcha. And it just becoming a mother myself from Mm. because of that. Wow. It was not the road I wanted to go down. Interestingly, my Mm -hmm. younger sister took the opposite approach. She wanted to have children and do it right. I totally understand. She has two girls and I love being Aunt Lynn. That's awesome. But uh,
1: (laughs) I just never wanted kids of my own. I think it's becoming more and more common. It is. It is. It really is. People don't have children for a number of reasons. People don't get married for a number of reasons. But the family units seem to be kind of changing as we're progressing.
0: It is. But you know what? Connections are always needed.
1: Connections are necessary.
0: They are necessary. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that, you know, regardless of how the family dynamics are changing in society,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: having the ability to find a connection through a source like yours Mm I think is a fantastic opportunity. Now it does require
1: self-motivation. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, You just can't sit back and think that things are going to fall in your lap. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. Right. There are some people who have joined thinking it's going to be an overnight fix. It's not. Oh,
0: no. No, <laughs> no. no, no.
1: You're talking about creating relationships and forging friendships and right. trust. It takes time and patience.
0: And it takes being in proximity. Definitely. Right? Because you can't build, this is my perspective. I don't believe that you can build truly strong relationships online. It's hard. I think you can think they're strong, Mm -hmm. but I believe the in-person connection is what really can solidify. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. They've got to be in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The long distance relationships where they think that they're in love and they're going to get married after so many days. That's scary.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's a dream.
1: Yeah, it is. Right.
0: And I think that it's unfortunate in today's age when you, you know, meet people online, whatever the platform or right. the venue, yeah. you meet people online and you think you've got a really good connection there. Something happens and all of a sudden they've disappeared
1: definitely maybe they it lost happens. their
0: account for some reason it happens. maybe they're ghosting you oh, you know yeah, that you just happens. never know no and if you were in proximity and you were nearby you could drive by and say hey you know <laughs> are you doing okay what's you know can i help right. what's going on
1: definitely and then
0: learn the truth in mm-hmm. online situation you might not be able to find that person to find out what the truth is absolutely so i really think that time in person is so critical and that's the more people you have who are members, the more likely you're going to have that proximity.
1: Definitely. And yeah. uh, and like I said, the group is still growing. It's just growing by leaps and bounds. There's weeks I'm welcoming new members every single day, up to 15, 20 members each of those days. So it's an influx and then sometimes it slows down, but it's just constantly growing, constantly getting new people more and more. Even young folks who've aged out of foster that are looking for families, some that already have children of their own and they have nobody else in their lives.
0: And hopefully this podcast will reach a lot of individuals mm-hmm. who work with these young people Yes, who might be able to point them mm-hmm. to you as an avenue to make those connections. Yeah. Now, a lot of the youth that are connected with the nonprofits that we work with are working mm-hmm. with those nonprofits. And they have adults and mentors and so forth through that nonprofit. Right. But at some point, they're going to leave that program. Yeah. And they'll need a safety net. (laughs) Yeah, they'll need a safety net and or Mm -hmm. they might want more connections, right? Because maybe they have a really good mentor relationship that's going Mm -hmm. to last beyond the program. Mm -hmm. But I think more connections, that's better than just one,
1: right? (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. We thrive on multiple connections. Uh, you know, multiple connections are better than one. In you know, in a lot of circumstances, a lot of situations, we're people. We thrive on other people and socializing. And we do. We
0: are. We're social animals. Yes, definitely. I think is one of the phrases they use.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we do not do well when we're by ourselves. No, it's and- it a lonely existence. Yeah, it does. And in the case of young people coming out of foster care, Mm -hmm. research shows that having the relationship with at least one supportive adult is the key factor in them being successful transitioning to adulthood. It's not the only one, but it's the key factor. Definitely. And uh, think about it. Young people leave foster care, they're 18, or let's say young people leave the home, right? mm -hmm. Not in foster care. Right. Right they run into a situation, let's say, you know, the pipe under their kitchen sink is leaking Mm -hmm. and they can call mom, they can call dad, they can call somebody, uncle Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I've got this problem. How should I deal with this? Right. And they can get some support and help that way. Now, of course I'm being broad brush here. It doesn't (laughs) mean every young person has that, but I think generally speaking, young people are able to reconnect with their family to get the support they need. Young Definitely. people aging out of foster care often do not.
1: Right. Absolutely. And the statistics are bad. Definitely. Yeah. It's got to be a very lonely existence not to have any kind of a safety net, not to even have somebody, even just initially, not to have somebody even online where you can just chat with, talk to, I just can't imagine living and not having any kind of safety net or adult support system just guiding you through everyday life when you need it. It's got to be a very hard existence.
0: One, you're trying to figure everything out yourself. Yep. And what does that, that can mean mistakes, maybe mm-hmm. mistakes that you might otherwise avoid. Right. And then you have to deal with the consequences of those mistakes. Oh, yes. Yes. And then just loneliness and the emotional and mental wear Mm -hmm. that loneliness has on people. Yep. It's really difficult. And I think that as an alternative Mm -hmm. to formal mentor programs, this might be a great avenue for young people who are looking for connections because some people, one, they don't get connected to these nonprofits after they leave foster care. So they don't Mm -hmm. have the advantage of that kind of mentor program. So they don't have the ability to, but also you have young people who leave foster care and they've been in foster care a while. They've been told what to do every day of their life. And they're just thinking to themselves, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. I'm living life. Mm -hmm. And they get out there and they realize how difficult it really is. Oh, yes. And again, we'll run into problems and the homelessness rate. The unemployment rate of young people aging out of foster care is
1: staggering. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's really hard to wrap my brain around it. is. <laughs> it really yeah. I just yeah. never thought that it was such a huge, as big as what it really is. It didn't occur to me until I started seeing people coming into the group as fosters who've aged out of the system and seeking people. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of them out there.
0: Yep. And I would say maybe even people who have come out of the foster care system who didn't officially age out mm-hmm. might not still have been able to repair their relationships. Right. And yeah. are
1: in essentially the same boat. Definitely. Yeah. So they need to find that loving connection that they so badly need and somebody that can help mentor them and guide them as they navigate life because it didn't come with a manual. Right. Exactly.
0: Now, one of the things that we talk about amongst the nonprofits that we have in our network is the need for awareness of what it's what the trauma in these young people's lives, right? And the training is officially called trauma informed care when people go through that training. And -hmm. there's also things like ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences, and how that impacts your physical and mental well being. And so Mm -hmm. there's certainly information out there for people. I'm thinking in your situation, if you have grandparents Mm -hmm. who are looking to potentially find somebody coming out of foster care, that it would be helpful for them Mm -hmm. to maybe go through an online training or to read about the adverse childhood experiences, ACEs and positive childhood experiences so that they can come into that relationship with a little more knowledge an understanding of what these young people have been through oh, I
1: think that's an awesome idea. that is a great idea, and you provide the resources for that.
0: Well, it's just online. I could mm-hmm. work with you after the you know we get off here okay. to connect you with those resources, but having that available in your community that would be great for people you know and again foster youth, yes, but even other young people, it might be helpful to have
1: that mm-hmm. definitely
0: it'll help the grandparents understand why a young person might react angrily to some kind of trigger yeah. where other young people might not react in quite the same way, maybe not quite as aggressively or quite as strongly. Right. And so I think just having that knowledge would give them a little more patience and understanding Definitely. and maybe even some skills, depending on the resources that they go to, they might be able to get a little assistance on how to handle right. those situations. Well, we could all use some kind of assistance. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, there's no handbook out there, right? No,
1: no. Didn't come with a guidebook. How to have a relationship. Mm -mm.
0: (laughs) People (laughs) just become parents and grandparents and you just kind of wing it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because the core of it is the caring and the Mm -hmm. support. Yep. And the rest of it, we all just kind of learn.
1: Yep. Yep. Learn as we go along.
0: So you said you've been thinking about this for a while. Mm Mm-hmm the young people aging out of foster care and and their situation. Have you done anything yet about pursuing this particular population to join your group and or finding grandparents who want to help this particular group of young people?
1: I'm actually just starting that because I've realized how many people have joined in that area.
0: Well, I'll just say some people might not even be sharing that too. Because there's a bit of a stigma around saying you've been in foster care. That's true. And you might have young people who have been in foster care come out of foster care and they're just not sharing
1: that. And that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely. But when I saw them coming on board and looking for people, I thought, well, my God, there's a lot out there. So I'd like to reach out to that group and share with them what my group has to offer and let them see if it's an avenue that works out best for them. My group is not a promise to anybody. I can't promise anybody, but there have been a number of successful loving connections and we hear about them when they post it. There's connections I haven't even heard about because they haven't shared it.
0: Well, you know what? I would recommend that you get in touch with foster care alumni groups. Uh The one that comes to mind is the Foster Care Alumni of America.
1: Oh, okay. because
0: how awesome would it be to find grandparents who experience foster care?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: To connect yeah. with young people who are coming out of foster care. They may care. want
1: to join when they hear about the group too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that would require them sharing, right? You'd have to share. Right. Yeah. I was, in, I don't know if that would be a field they could click or something, but it could be yeah. that thing they have in common. Right. Right. That lived right. experience that might help launch that relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I can see where that might help, definitely. Mhm.
0: This podcast certainly is one because we have a listenership primarily the nonprofits. Oh, okay. Working with young people aging out of foster care, but another group that you might want to consider mm-hmm. would be social work programs okay. in universities. Okay. Because it's twofold. You might have alumni of that program who would be interested in being grandparents. Uh And you might have young people who are in the program or recently graduated who are pursuing social work degrees because of their experience in foster Mm. care, right? So they might want to find a grandparent. So I think the social work area is going to also be a place where you could find people to join. Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, the opportunities, they just endless here. Like I said, when I first even started the group, I didn't expect it to get to where it's at now. And now I'm just seeing so many more avenues that it can expand to and help out with. It's just, it's endless. It's, (laughs) It's kind of cool.
0: Now, do you provide any support besides just the information that, what kind of support do you provide? I'll ask it that way.
1: Well, all we can do is provide the support of success stories that people post. Everybody that makes comments in the group, like I said, there's no drama. So it's all positive, upbeat comments. There's no negativity, none. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't allow people to post any GoFundMe pages or anything like that. It's just strictly about the connections being made, the relationships being made, and the people in the group who are very happy being there. Some have been with me since the very beginning. I think that
0: young people particularly those coming out of foster care would like this approach because Mm -hmm. one, the adults, the grandparents who are coming into this Mm -hmm. looking for relationships are not being paid. Right. Right. And they've Mm -hmm. been in a situation in a system where Mm -hmm. everyone who's worked with them is being paid to work with them. This is somebody who wants to volunteer Mm -hmm. to spend their time with a young person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some grandparents may be looking for children, right? That doesn't really True. fit the bill here. All but right. others might be looking to help the teenager, the young twenties transition mm-hmm. to life on their
1: own. Because the future, I mean, if you're looking for a connection, you're looking for a connection that's going to last for a long time, for a lifetime maybe. So you're going to grow with each other and children will be born and you know, it just
0: mm-hmm. it's it like benefits a family. everybody.
1: It benefits everybody, and it is a win-win situation for all when it yeah. works out.
0: Is your Facebook page public, or is there a public part of it that people can go see?
1: It's public. It's easy to find. All that's, in fact, all that anybody has to do is just do a search for surrogate grandparents, or just surrogate grandparents USA because it's the name of my group, and it'll usually be one of the some of the first ones that pop up. Even just searching on the internet.
0: Right. But
1: there's a group too, right? Is that a separate side? The group is just the Facebook group. That's the only group I have. I don't have anything. Oh, okay. I was going to go out on the internet, and you know what? I won't have the control that I have being just a Facebook group. Because at least with a Facebook group, somebody joins, and I at least get to look at a little bit of their profile, get an idea. But if somebody is just requesting to join and I'm doing it via an email, through the internet, the little bit of control that I did have is gone. Mm -hmm. And I have to, you know.
0: (laughs) I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know how technologically savvy you are. You might be very savvy, Mm -hmm. but have you thought about advertising, so to speak? I don't mean officially advertising, but even just creating an Instagram page, a TikTok account so that you can just periodically send out, hey, we've got this success story and Hey, we've, you know, we do this, this is what we're all about. I'm not saying to necessarily be on there all the time, but to make it a marketing vehicle for, for your organization or your Facebook page, because Mm -hmm. young people aren't necessarily going to Facebook these days.
1: Right. I have, in fact, on my Instagram account, which I haven't used that much, TikTok, I have placed a few ads for my group and they are getting some views. But I haven't really done anything further than that, besides just going out there in Facebook land, hitting as many journalists and TV stations and wherever else I could find to spread the word of my group.
0: I'll tell you what, if you could find
1: a local
0: nonprofit that works with young people aging out of foster care, they Mm -hmm. might be able to organize some kind of speaking opportunity for you for (laughs) organizations in the area. Well, that's interesting. It's a thought. Yes, definitely. And even virtual, right? It doesn't have to be in person. It could be a virtual meeting where you can introduce what it is that you
1: do. Yeah, it it is amazing. All these things that are popping up in my head and what else I can do to help grow the group. It's just my mind's working overtime right now. (laughs) It's all over the place.
0: (laughs) Well, I knew when we got to this part of our conversation, it would be fun because the brainstorming is what I really love. Mm -hmm. Trying to come up with solutions to help the outcomes, to improve the outcomes of these young people. And if this is one avenue of many, Mm
1: -hmm. right,
0: because there's so many young people that need this kind of connection. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of great nonprofits out there, but not every geographical area has them, especially rural, like urban areas tend to have more, but the rural areas don't. right? I think that this could be an avenue. The more people we can get to sign up on both the grandparent side mm-hmm. and the young person side, the more we're going to be able to, yeah. I say we here, I've already adopted yeah. your mission.
1: <laughs> the yeah. more,
0: the, also, the more you're going to see these in-person connections take
1: place. Yeah. that's, this is my heart. Yeah. This group is my heart. It's my passion. And just to see what it's done yeah. has fulfilled my life in many, many ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? There are also universities that have programs for young people aging out of foster care. Oh, If you go on our website, agingoutinstitute.org mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. and look under database, etc. Okay. Uh-huh. you'll see there's a higher ed list. It's not exhaustive, but it's what we're aware of so far. Oh. And it has the state, the university or college name and the name of the program if we know it. Wow. California has the guardian scholars program. And I think all of their universities, the public universities Hmm. have a program for young people aging out, but there are other States as well that you'll see that happening. So that might be another Avenue is to connect with them and say, look, are there any young people in your program that Mm -hmm. could use a connection?
1: Wow. (laughs) A lot more in my mind now than before the interview started. (laughs)
0: I'm giving you a lot to do, aren't I? But <laughs> I <don't
1: laughs> like you were busy
0: enough, right? <laughs> well, I don't mind. Well, I'm anything. excited. I really am excited about it. And of course I'll, if I think of anything else, I'll stay in touch, but there are certainly really? resources in our database. If I you go in our, our database out. and do a search by state, mm-hmm. you'll find nonprofits that you could connect with. Again, not an exhaustive database. We're adding to it all the time, but it's, wow. it's pretty good. I think for a national definitely database. definitely check it out. Yeah. So I, Absolutely. I'm excited about you finding out about this issue, that you want to do something about the challenges that these young people face with relationships in particular. And I just, I just love it. I love that you're volunteering to do this. Well, thank you. On your own time (laughs) in retirement. And it's just very, very admirable. And I'm excited to see how this grows over time.
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be able to get the word out and let everyone know that we're out there and we're always welcoming new people in and we're looking for new people to come in who want relationships and new connections and yeah. see where it goes.
0: Now, I'm going to ask this question, and I know Ooh. you're not tax exempt because you're not a nonprofit, but would you accept donations? Oh, I wouldn't know what to do with the donations. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to ask just in case there was some plan you had. I don't know if marketing, like an advertising budget or something.
1: I've considered doing something along the lines of some t-shirts. Still kicking that idea around, you know, to signify the group, kind of what it's about. But that's kind of as far as I've gone. And I know I could probably take this even further, but it's just, it's a lot to swallow and yeah. take in and think about. And,
0: yeah. It's going to take a little time to yeah, map out the will. plan and everything. But one of the things that I would suggest if you're thinking about doing t-shirts is going uh-huh. to bonfire.com oh, because okay. they're very non, they're nonprofit friendly. I know you're not a nonprofit, right. but they're very nonprofit friendly and you might find them, I don't know if they'll be able to work with you on your project and give you mm-hmm. a discount or what have right. you, but that's one. I mean, Cafe Press is another one that you can build or create t-shirts on, but mm-hmm. Bonfire is certainly one that i That I'm is very, of. very
1: cool. Thank you for that information and yeah, I welcome. will look into that.
0: Anything I share with you, of course, listeners, go for it, you know, <laughs> bonfire.com. Check it out. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off too early. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners before we wrap things up?
1: I think we pretty much covered it. Just I'm very proud of what the group has turned into. And there's been a book on estrangement and healing that's mentioned the group. Therapists are recommending my group to people who are, you know, seeing therapists for being estranged and, you know, going through that. So it's nice to see word getting out and more and more people hearing about this cuz i think it's a wonderful thing and people are excited when they join and you know thank you for letting me join this wonderful group so word is getting out and it's all positive good and that's what good. i like i'm glad
0: <laughs> and even being in the group can be helpful
1: to people right i think it is it offers a lot of hopes and possibilities and happiness
0: well that's amazing. I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. Donna and I wish you all the best moving Thank forward. You so much, Lynn. I'm hoping let maybe there's a goal here in 2024 to go from 10,000 to 100,000. How about hey, that? You
1: never know. <laughs> 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 Too oh, much. <laughs> I don't know, you know, you have to so hire cool. people. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to, but thus far we've got a yes. couple of really good co-admins that are volunteering their time and They've been wonderful and very helpful, and uh, mm. yeah, the group is running very smoothly because of them with their help and everything.
0: Volunteers are the way to go. Maybe interns. You could possibly find an unpaid internship for a young person as a community manager or something. But eh, well, we'll see volunteers, down the road. I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going I guess I'm gonna have to wrap things up okay. here. But thank you so much for spending time with me today and telling us about your organization, Surrogate Grandparents USA. The Facebook page, Facebook group that you can join if you're interested as a grandparent,
1: or a finding a
0: connection with a or a family. <laughs> if you're looking to find a connection with a young mm-hmm. person, if you're a young person looking to or in a family looking to connect with a grandparent, this is the place to go.
1: Thank you so much, Lynn. A
0: pleasure speaking with you. You're welcome as well. For me, I'm very glad I had the time with you today. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And for those who have listened to this podcast to the very end, thank you very much. We put out a podcast every couple of weeks or so. You can find them on our website, agingoutinstitute.org, and just look for the podcast link. Or you can find us on just about every podcast distribution platform, and you'll look for Preparing Foster Youth for Adulting. You'll find us there. Thank you very much for listening again. Until next time.